Good day, and thank you for standing by. Welcome to the Agora fourth quarter 2022 financial results. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1-1 on your telephone. You will then hear an automated message advising your hand is raised. To withdraw your question, please press star 1-1 again. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Fiona Chen. Please go ahead. Thank you, operator. Uh, good morning and good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Agora's fourth quarter 2022 and full fiscal year earnings conference call. Uh, our earnings results, press release, SEC filings, and a replay of today's call can be found on our IR website at investor.agora.io. Joining me today are Tony Zhao, our founder, chairman, and CEO, uh, Jingbo Wang, our CFO. Reconciliations between our GAAP and the non-GAAP results can be found in our earnings press release. During this call, we will make forward-looking statements about our future financial performance and other future events and trends. These statements are only predictions that are based on what we believe today, and the actual results may differ materially. These forward-looking statements are subject to risks, uncertainties, assumptions, and other factors that could affect our financial results and the performance of our business, and which we discuss in detail with our filing uh, with SEC, including today's earnings press release and the risk factors and other information contained in the final post-practice relating to our initial public offering. Agora remains no obligation to update any forward-looking statements we may make on today's call. With that, let me turn over to Tony. Hi, Tony. Hey. Thanks, Fiona. And welcome, everyone, to our earnings call. Our revenue for the fourth quarter remained flat at $40 million compared with the same quarter last year. During this quarter, 37,000 new applications were registered on our platform, and our total number of registered applications exceeded 548,000. At the end of 2022, our number of active customers was 3,066, adding close to 400 compared to one year ago. On product side, recently we launched a beta version of our speech-to-text product for real-time engagement. Traditional speech-to-text products do not work well in RTE use cases due to the challenge such as synchronization across distance and the device performance issue. Working with industry-leading partner, partners specialized in speech-to-text technology, we developed a cloud-native transcription product that delivers reliable performance in noisy environment when multiple individuals talk simultaneously and under poor network conditions. As a cloud-native product, no additional local processing is required, and performance is consistent across a wide range of devices. We believe this product can enhance end-user experiences in many ways. For example, people with impaired hearing can now watch live streaming or beat on a, uh, in a live auction. Leveraging an auto-translation module this product can easily overcome language barriers and empower people 
with different cultural backgrounds to mingle with each other naturally. In addition, speech text, text has also laid the foundation for other complementary features, such as content moderation and transcript recording. This quarter, we also announced the general availability of two new first-party extensions, 3D spatial audio and AI-powered noise suppression, which will enable developers to create more immersive and engaging experiences for their end users. With the flexible, uh, flexibility of Agora SDK 4.0 open and modular uh, architecture, these extensions can be easily integrated into our core RTE products such as voice calling, video calling, and interactive live streaming. During the public beta phase, these two extensions have been well received by developers. For example, Hello, a social and live streaming platform for language learning, found that the best way to learn a new language is by regularly speaking with native speakers. By leveraging Agora's AI noise suppression, Hello has removed unwanted background noises, ensuring users worldwide have a distraction-free learning experience regardless of their environment. About our new use cases, this quarter, we continue to see new use cases emerging and gaining adoption. For example, as we mentioned previously, live video shopping is expanding rapidly in U.S. market and has attracted some well-known brands who are investing in these capabilities. For example, an uh, 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 important American television network that traditionally specialized in home shopping began working with Agora last quarter to provide its vast audiences with live interactive shopping. Now that we have discussed our latest product and user uh, and use cases, I would like to take a moment to share some of my thoughts when looking back at 2022 and look, looking ahead to 2023. 2022 was an extremely challenging year, which I think many of you would agree with our would agree with. Um, our full year revenue was $161 million, a decrease of 4%, or $7 million compared with 2021. However, please bear in mind that during this period, our revenue from the K-12 academic tutoring sector in China has gone all, has all, has along with uh, our revenue from K-12 academic tutoring segment in China alone was down by, 70, uh, by, 77, uh, by $37 million, uh, by $37 million from $40 million to $3 million. Excluding this segment, our revenue in 2022 increased 24%, mainly thanks to our global expansion, new use cases such as live video shopping, and new products such as broadcast streaming. This was no small feat, especially if we also consider the challenging macro environment, such as stock market correction 
inflation and the tightening of venture capital in funding. As mentioned in our, late, in our last earning call, considering the challenging operating environment, we recognized our global R&D, uh, we re reorganized our global R&D team and reduced our overall workforce in October to focus on our strategic priorities and improve efficiency. In the past few months, we further streamlined and refocused our developer experience and content marketing teams in the U.S. and international markets. We also appoint Robin Liu as Chief Operating Officer, China, to lead our commercialization efforts in that market. I believe these steps will help our teams become more customer-centric and more focused on local markets. In addition, we recently completed the sale of Ismob's Customer Engagement Cloud, or CEC, business. When we acquired Ismob in early 2021, it had two business segments, the chat API business and the CEC business. The chat API business has been fully integrated into uh, our platform. On the other hand, the CEC business is not a core market for us. The sale of the CEC business will help us focus our resources on core products and markets. Now, looking at 2023, I'm cautious about the macro environment, but continue to see new opportunities in the global RTE market. On the macro side, inflation and tough financing environment will likely remain, and the post-COVID reopening in more countries will reduce demand for our product for certain use cases. On the other hand, there are clear opportunities for us. For example, a large competitor recently shut down a key product and significantly reduced its investment in this market due to competitive pressure. We also start to see demand from certain previous and tapped verticals. Facing these challenges and opportunities, our strategy for 2023 can be simplified, uh, can be simply summarized into the following. Laser focused on customer value, enhance competitive advantage and gain market share. First, we will strengthen our customer-centric value and leverage our latest innovation to enhance value creation for our customers. Also, acting as an innovation partner for our customers, we can create a flywheel effect, leveraging customer feedback to help refine our roadmap. Second, we will focus on delivering the world's best performing RTE product and services. With unrivaled real-time video and voice experience for end users and best-in-class ease of use for developers. Supported by the above, we will continue to win over the competition and expand our market share globally. At the same time, we will continue to improve our operational efficiency and optimize our cost structure. Before concluding my prepared remarks, 
I want to thank all Agorans for their hard work and commitment during this extraordinary year. I will always cherish the memory of us facing obstacles shoulder to shoulder and celebrating our wins, big and small. Let's stay laser focused on creating customer value, enhancing the competitive advantage of our core product, and gaining market share in 2023. Thank you all. With that, let me turn things over to Jingbo, who will reveal our financial results. Thank you, Tony. Hello, everyone. Let me start by first reviewing financial results for Q4, and then I will discuss outlook for the fiscal year of 2023. Total revenues were 40.1 million in the fourth quarter of 2022, a decrease of 0.7% compared to Q4 last year, and a decrease of 2.1% quarter over quarter. The year over year decrease was due to a significant decrease in usage from the K-12 academic tutoring sector in certain markets following regulatory changes and a decrease in revenues from the divested customer engagement cloud business, which were offset in part by business expansion and usage growth in other sectors and regions. The quarter-over-quarter decrease was mainly due to a decrease in revenues from the divested customer engagement cloud business and a decrease of revenue from U.S. and international markets due to the challenging macroeconomic environment. As Tony mentioned just now, the interest rate hikes, worldwide inflationary pressure, and tightening of venture capital funding had negatively impacted some of our customers' financial conditions and their ability to raise funding, which led to reduced usage of our products and increased pricing sensitivity. We expect the trend to persist in the near term, which would continue to negatively impact our revenues, especially from U.S. and international markets. Total revenues for the fiscal year of 2022 were 160.7 million, which represented a 4.4% decrease from 2021. The decrease was mainly due to a 37.8 million drop of revenue from the K-12 academic tutoring sector in certain markets due to regulatory changes. If we exclude this segment, our revenues would have increased 24% from 127.7 million in 2021 to 158.2 million in 2022. Our trading 12-month constant currency dollar-based net expansion rate is 81%, excluding ASMOP. Specifically, net expansion rate was 118% for the U.S. and international business and approximately 100% for the China business, excluding business impacted by regulatory changes in the K-12 academic tutoring sector. Moving on to cost and expenses. For my following comments, I will focus on non-GAAP results, which exclude share-based compensation expenses, acquisition-related expenses, financing-related expenses, amortization expenses of acquired intangible assets, 
income tax related to acquired intangible assets and impairment of goodwill. Non-GAAP gross margin for the fourth quarter was 61.2%, which was 1.4% higher than last quarter, thanks to our ongoing efforts in optimizing our infrastructure and architecture. Non-GAAP gross margin in this quarter was 2.8% lower than Q4 2021, mainly due to increased revenue from, from our broadcast streaming product, which had lower gross margin. As we mentioned in our last earnings call, we restructured and reduced our global workforce in October. We saved 10.2 million on quarterly non-GAAP operating expenses in Q4 compared to Q3. Non-GAAP R&D expenses were 17.2 million in Q4, a decrease of 26.9% year over year. Non-GAAP R&D expenses was 42.8% of total revenues in the quarter, compared to 58.1% in Q4 last year. Non-GAAP sales and marketing expenses were 10.8 million in Q4, decreased 11.9% year over year. Sales and marketing expenses represented 26.8% of total revenues in the quarter, compared to 30. 0.2% in Q4 last year. Non-GAAP G&A expenses were 7.5 million in Q4, slightly increased 1.8% year over year. G&A expenses represented 18.6% of total revenues in the quarter, compared to 18.1% in Q4 last year. Non-GAAP operating loss was 10.7 million translating to a 26.7% non-GAAP operating loss margin fourth quarter compared to an operating loss margin of 38.2% in Q4 last year. Adjusted EBITDA was negative 8.5 million, translating to a 21.1% adjusted EBITDA loss margin fourth quarter, which is significantly lower than the adjusted EBITDA margin of EBITDA loss margin of 32.5% in Q4 last year and 40% in Q3 this year, thanks to our recent cost control efforts. Impairment of goodwill was 11.9 million in Q4, primarily due to the impairment related to ESMOB as the financial performance of the divested customer engagement cloud business fell below our original expectations. Investment loss was 7.8 million in Q4, primarily due to impairment of certain minority equity investments. The challenging macroeconomic environment and tightening of funding have caused difficulties at several companies in which we made minority equity investment back in 2021. We have taken a prudent approach in evaluating the latest situation and making the impairment decision. Now turning to cash flow. Operating cash flow was 3.4 million in Q4 compared to 5.1 million last year. Free cash flow was 1.9 million compared to 
9 million last year. Moving on to balance sheet, we ended Q4 with 428 million in cash, cash equivalents, and short-term investments, compared to 483 million at the end of Q3. Net cash outflow in the quarter was mainly due to cash paid for time deposit with maturity over one year of 39 million and share repurchase of 18 million. In 2022, we repurchased approximately 35.8 million of our Class A ordinary shares, equivalent to approximately 9 million ADS for approximately $41.8 million, representing 21% of our 200 million share repurchase program. Our board of directors has authorized an extension of the existing share repurchase program through February 28, 2024, with all the other terms unchanged. The extension reflects the board's view that our stock is currently undervalued and again demonstrates the board's confidence in the fundamentals, strategies, and long-term growth potential of Agora. We were also informed by our founder and CEO, Tony Zhao, that as of the end of 2022, he had used his personal funds to purchase a total of approximately 1.6 million of ADS in the open market under his $30 million management share purchase, purchase plan. Now turning to guidance, COVID-19 is still an unprecedented variable to our business model, where historical experience may not apply. Our guidance on full-year revenues reflects various assumptions that are subject to change based on uncertainties related to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, challenging macroeconomic environment, and the turbulent global capital markets. With that, we currently expect total revenues for the fiscal year of 2023 to be in the range of 155 to 157 million, compared to total revenues of 155 million excluding the divested customer engagement cloud business in 2022. In closing, I want to express my deepest appreciation to the entire Agora team for your hard work in this extremely challenging year and to our investors for your trust in us. Thank you everyone for attending the call today. Let's open it up for questions. As a reminder to ask a question, please press star 1-1 on your telephone and wait for your name to be announced. To withdraw your question, please press star 1-1 again. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. One moment for a first question. Our first question comes from the line of Yang Liu from Morgan Stanley. Your line is open. Thanks for the opportunity to ask questions. Uh, uh, two questions from my side. The first one is, uh, uh, I would like to hear management's view in terms of the when could we see the, the infection point in future uh, for domestic market and uh, overseas market uh, respectively. Um, and the second question is, 
I remember uh, management previously did your uh, targeting a break even by fourth quarter 2023. Uh, I just want to double check whether you uh, you're still staying with this uh, target, and uh, if so, what could be the assumption uh, behind this target? Uh, like what could be the fourth new growth margin? to reach this uh, break-even target. Uh, thank you. I'll talk about the uh, demand side. The recent slowdown in revenue growth, uh, growth, in revenue growth uh, was um, mainly due to macroeconomic challenges and also post-COVID reopening in more countries. Uh, this has caused pricing pressure and temporary demand pressure. Um, but I, I, I don't think this, pressure, uh, this represents a fundamental change in demand for real-time engagement technology. We remain optimistic about demand in medium and long term, uh, driven by further adoption of existing use cases, and uh, also there are emerging uh, new use cases as well. Uh, for example, revenue from live video shopping increased uh, several folds in the last 12 months. And we continue to see new demand from new use cases, both in the US and in China. Some of them will have meaningful revenue contribution this year. So in conclusion, um, I also don't want to uh, predict possibilities. Uh, I want to focus on concrete work and how to improve our internal efficiency. As long as we provide the best products in the market, I'm not worried about demand. I'll take the second question. So, uh, as you can see from our year uh, revenue guidance, it's basically uh, flat compared to last year. So we are uh, off to a relatively slow start this year, given all the macroeconomic challenges Tony just mentioned. So we expect our revenue to increase uh, quarter by quarter this year, and we will likely finish at a higher level than Q4 2022. In, in the meantime, uh, we'll continue to drive efficiency from operations and optimize costs wherever uh, possible. But we will adjust our cost structure uh, dynamically, taking into the uh, actual revenue growth we see uh, during this year. So we don't have a fixed uh, revenue and OPEX target at this point, but uh, we are determined to significantly improve our financial health uh, throughout this year. Okay, thank you. Thank you. One moment for our next question. Our next question comes from the line of Daily Lee from Bank of America. Your line is open. Uh, thanks, management, for the uh, detailed uh, presentation. Um, I have two questions. Uh, maybe for the first one, um, could you, management, share more color about the uh, like the number of clients and the uh, ASP trend for the both domestic and overseas market? Uh, because for Q, for Q uh, fourth quarter last year, uh, we see the uh, domestic ASP is still quite st 
stable or quarter on quarter, but the uh, overseas system uh, uh, quote unquote quarter on quarter decline. So uh, how do we see the trend in the falling quarters? Uh, my second question is regarding the company, uh, the uh, employee structure. Uh, would we consider further uh, optimization um, uh, in, uh, given the current you know growth outlook and our target of proving the um, probabilities? Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. I'll take both questions. So, in terms of the uh, number of customers, as you can see uh, in the press release and also our presentation, the uh, number of customers have been increasing quite steadily, uh, both in the U.S. international markets and also in China market. Again, that shows the uh, continued adoption of our technology uh, uh, globally. So, in terms of pricing, you are correct that we faced the uh, 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 more uh, challenging pricing pressure uh, in the U.S. international markets, especially in the past two quarters, and we do expect that to persist in the near term. Uh, I'll explain a little bit again about why, why that, that is the case. So first of all, um, we do have a relatively large number of uh, uh, startup companies, or rest the early stage company as our customers. So given the uh, high inflation, the uh, uh, interest rate hikes. So it has become much harder for them to raise funding, and that has limited uh, their uh, usage of our products and also increased their pricing sensitivity. Um, we don't see those, uh, those factors uh, to change in the near term. That's why we, we do expect continued pricing pressure in the near term. Um, in the China market, actually, uh, we don't see anything different from previous years. Uh, in the past, our experience has been that every year, of average uh, average ASP will drop five by five to ten percent, uh, which is healthy, uh, which is how this product will gain more and more adoption and become uh, uh, widely used across uh, uh, across our industries. So that there, we, we don't see anything uh, different this year. So in terms of the uh, team, uh, for this year, we don't have any plan for expansion, and we will continue to optimize where we see redundancies. And we'll really look at this in a very detailed uh, fashion, team by team, uh, see where the uh, return investment is low, and we will optimize. Uh, we'll also focus on improving workflow, improving uh, the collaboration across teams, uh, and also investing in the competency of our team. Um, so that's, uh, so we don't have a, a plan to, to uh, for, for, for a large cut in, in the near future. Uh, thank you, Tim Boson. Thank you. Thank you. One moment for our next question. And as a reminder, that's star one one for questions. Star one one. Our next question comes from the line of Bing Duan from Nomura. Your line is open. Uh, hi. Uh, thank you, management, uh, uh, for uh, the opportunity to ask a question. I have two. Uh, the first uh, uh, first one is the follow up on the demand side. 
so um, uh, what kind of a, a application or industry verticals uh, do we see uh, that uh, might uh, accelerate or or uh, slow down uh, 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 in uh, 2023 that may uh, drive for uh, maybe higher or lower uh, than our uh, current uh, uh, revenue outlook, uh, which is uh, which is flat, right? Uh, uh, excluding EASMOB. Um and uh, the recently uh, there's uh, a strong uh, global phenomenon about uh, ChatGPT and AIGC. Uh, do we currently see any uh, kind of uh, applications, uh, related applications or, or development uh, uh, that uh, uh, is driving our volume growth? Uh, that's uh, that's on the demand side. Uh, so uh the the second question is about uh, uh the uh, about uh, the 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 ASP or tech rate uh so uh which uh so for our uh new uh applications uh expected to grow uh, this year uh will there be any difference uh, compared to our previous uh, applications or or verticals yeah. thank you um, on the demand side, uh, I think uh, you know there are use cases uh, you know uh, continue to emerge. Like uh, I already mentioned, uh, on speech to text, it can be used on uh, you know uh, several different uh, use cases like uh, live shopping, but also can be using in social uh, use cases. And uh, uh, there are uh, there are more uh, uh, you know opportunities uh, grow, growing. Uh, in uh, verticals like digital transformation in China, and uh, uh, also there are regional opportunities uh, that we we see uh, you know bigger potential, including Europe and uh, Latin uh, America. Um, besides that, uh, in all of the use cases or uh, you know all across our platforms products, we see uh, you know by enhancing the quality of experience for overall video and audio sessions uh, would, uh, would also enhance uh, our customers' uh, uh, you know, attract, attraction to their end users, will uh, you know, in turn uh, increase demand for us as well. It's a natural development for all video use cases, not just us, even for television, that uh, the resolution or clarity of frame rate is uh, you know, uh, going to improve over time. Uh, so this is just a simple trend that we believe that's going to also happen in our industry. Uh, plus, uh, we would also spend resources to continue to improve uh, our uh, developer experience uh, to reduce friction to, for adoptions, so that uh, you know more developers could easily to to create uh, new apps or new use cases on the platform. So all those would help us to. To grow in terms of you know serving a more uh, uh, potential demand and also help uh, our customers to to you know, to 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 generate more demand uh, about uh, ChatGPT. It is an uh, interesting and uh, inspiring uh, development in the industry just now. Uh, around this time, I think you know a lot of uh, discussion around it, and we do see uh, some potential. In, um, in in our customers' apps, or in um, you know, in even our own practice, uh, uh, 
uh, maybe mention one um, area like in social side, uh, chat GP, GPT um, you know, uh, shows uh, a potential that uh, a real human-like conversation becomes possible. So in some of the social apps uh, we also see on our platform, they start to, you know, to use uh, uh, this uh, large language model to create specific um, you know, characters uh, you know, with a defined uh, background uh, personality and uh, you know uh, even like the style of the top of of their uh, talking uh, you know um, languages uh, and that attract quite some uh, uh, you know uh, interest from uh, consumers uh, because uh, you know that give uh, consumers freedom in sort of uh, having a, a conversational relationship with someone uh, that by imagination is their ideal partner. Uh, so that's a uh, you know interesting um, you know invention just recently. But similarly, uh, you know those things could happen in customer engagement uh, use cases. Um, but also um, people would uh, naturally imagine that uh, uh, there were uh, this um, um, you know smart <coughs> you know uh, chat sort of service, including from the past Alexa and Siri. In the past, the conversation somewhat becomes very dry, like boring. You can uh, only do command controls kind of conversation. But now with uh, the large language model, uh, human, uh, you know, uh, human and machine interaction interface could be totally, um, you know, disrupted. Uh, on that side, you know, we could enhance such a conversation or, uh, you know, human machine interface. Uh, in a way to ensure the interaction to be real-time. Uh, so those are all potentials we could see, but there would be more. We, we, have a, we, we do have a closer uh, you know, eye on those possibilities. Well, I'll quickly chime in on, on the tech rate and pricing side. So Tony mentioned a few uh, new use cases, like, uh, uh, like video shopping in the U.S. Uh, there, we, we see the pricing remain very healthy, and uh, digital transforma transformation in China, uh, that's a very different market uh, with large enterprises, financial institutions, so there it requires a different pricing model, but uh, we, what we see is it's still a very uh, profitable market for us. Thank you, management. Thanks. Thank you. One moment for our next question. And our next question will come from the line of Alan Lee from J.P. Morgan. Your line is open. Okay. Uh, thanks, management, for taking my question. Uh, I have two questions. So, firstly, uh, could you please give us some color on the revenue breakdown by key categories in 2022, such as uh, entertainment, education, and maybe other some rising categories like uh, live video shopping? Uh, and my second question is on our basis strategy. Uh, we see non-China business slow down quite a bit in past three quarters, uh, while China revenue, excluding K-12, seem to hold up well. So do you think this is more like a temporary thing or there's any structural reasons behind that? And uh, how are we going to allocate resource between China and the international markets going forward? Thank you. Okay, I'll take both questions. So the first one in terms of the, uh, okay, first of all, uh, we operate in two markets, 
U.S. international markets and, and the, the China market. Obviously, uh, the vertical breakdown in those two markets are slightly different. So I will uh, talk about them separately. So in the U.S. international markets, uh, social is still the larger, largest vertical, uh, followed by uh, what we call future work, and that will include things like uh, uh, collaboration, uh, 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 online event, and and, uh, and live video shopping. So that that's will be the second uh, second biggest. Then it's education. Uh, I think these are the uh, main verticals. Uh, in China, obviously, social is uh, dominant uh, because now after this regulatory change, uh, education is a much smaller, uh, um, much smaller, uh, much, much smaller part of the business now. Um, and then digital transformation. So large traditional enterprises uh, previously was almost uh, uh, zero, and now has become uh, has a minimal trans, uh, minimal contribution last year, and also IoT, uh, so Internet of Things, uh, things like smart doorbells, uh, smart TV. Uh, these also start to contribute revenue in 2022. Uh, that's on the uh, on the sector breakdown. In terms of like China revenue holding up in the past few quarters, uh, I think there are a few factors. First first of all, the uh, it has to do with the new product, the uh, what we call the broadcast streaming product, which had lower uh, uh, lower GDP margin, but uh, has a um, uh, very nice uh, revenue pickup. So that it now contributes to about 10% of revenue in China already. So that's uh, uh, something new uh, in 2022. And secondly, we have been working with uh, customers in China, um, not just uh, focused on business in China, but also focused on expanding their apps uh, in overseas markets. So that's another uh, growing uh, business. And, so, and lastly, uh, as I mentioned, the digital transformation business that didn't exist in, almost didn't exist in 2021. Okay, this is helpful. Thank you, Jimbo. Thank you. And I'm not showing any further questions in the queue at this moment. I'll let you turn the conference back to Fiona for any closing remarks. Thank you, operator, and thank you, everybody, for attending today's call. Uh, again, our presentation for this call and the replay for this call is also uh, posted on our website. Later on, we will also post the remarks of this uh, earnings call. Uh, again, if you have any further questions, please reach out to us at our IR uh, website or our IR email. Uh, thank you again. This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. Give me now to connect. Everyone, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.